You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. The eyes of the world, the eyes of the populations of the world are on you and we have your numbers. That lingering sensual please remains and we'll see what comes next. We need to make sure that what sits there on a piece of paper is actually going to turn into tangible, actionable projects on the ground that are going to make a difference to people's lives. Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Caroline Hepker. Good afternoon. I'm Ewan Potts. Well, it's expected to be a bruising Prime Minister's questions with a growing backlash over whether a Christmas party was held in Downing Street last year at the height of lockdown restrictions. This week, Number 10 has repeatedly denied any lockdown-breaking event took place. But last night, ITV aired footage of Downing Street staff, including Boris Johnson's then-spokesperson Allegra Stratton, four days after the alleged party. Well, meanwhile, three senior Whitehall officials are reported to have told the FT that the government is now to implement the so-called Plan B restrictions, including vaccine passports for large venues and an order to work from home. That's as an early study from South Africa shows a third dose of Pfizer's vaccine may help to stop the Omicron variant. But it's clear that the jab provides less immunity to this highly mutated strain than to the other major versions of COVID-19. Well, let's bring in our first guest today. That's Kevin Brennan, Labour MP for Cardiff West. Uh, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us uh, today. Another controversy uh, embroiling the government. Uh, How bad do you think this is for Boris Johnson? Well, I think it's very bad indeed. I mean, the the revelations last night of the film of the press briefing with uh, Number 10 staff laughing and joking about an event that Number 10 sent all its ministers out to deny broke any rules. Um, you know, really, it's quite devastating. It seems to cut through a lot with constituents. I'm certainly getting, uh, you know, constituents who are outraged, having had to cancel all their Christmas plans at very short notice last year, who those who've had, you know, relatives who, uh, you know, have been very sick or even, you know, had have died, you know, in their family and so on, who were following all the rules. And, and they just, just can't believe that, that um, you know, the people running the UK could be so reckless. OK, what about Christmas this year then? Just the latest that we're hearing, the possibility of implementing Plan B restrictions, vaccine passports for large venues in order to work from home. Do you support that? Well, I represent a, a Welsh constituency and I think the approach that's been taken all along by the First Minister in Wales, Mark Drake, for that sort of cautious and uh, you know not trying to chase the headlines, but sort of being faithful to the facts should have been the approach that, that Boris Johnson as UK Prime Minister has taken. And I think that all of this bravado going around saying you, you, must, you mustn't change anything and we won't be doing anything 
to, uh, you know, uh, change people's plans around Christmas is going to be empty if tomorrow, as is being rumoured in the press, there's going to be announcements about uh, new restrictions. And of course, you know, if the evidence points to the fact that we need to take these sorts of measures, then of course they should be supported uh, in order to protect the public and protect our family and, uh, and our friends and so on. But I just think the messaging from the government around this has been so disastrously irresponsible that people are genuinely confused and angry. A number of um, bereaved families clearly uh, unhappy at the alleged party at Downing Street. Do you think Labour is managing to put this case strong enough? It doesn't seem that Labour's opposition has been uh, has been very strong on this. Well, I think we'll 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 see today. I think a Prime Minister's questions, won't we? Now with these new revelations it's very difficult to land something you know when people are denying that it happened and there's no clear evidence out there well now we have very powerful circumstantial evidence that the story that's been put out there from the top by number 10 not the first time this has happened uh might well be you know uh, have a very limited relationship with the actual truth let's put it that way and and we'll see i think a prime minister's question today what the prime minister has to say for himself will he be forthright honest with people and straightforward with the British public? Or will he do his usual trick of trying to be evasive, uh, blame everyone else and deflect away from the reality that um, it would appear that the way that this regime works is one rule for uh, you know the rest mm. of us and a different rule for those at the top? OK. Wales is on alert level zero. Mark Drakeford meeting Cabinet this week. You talk about what's happening specifically in Wales. Um, a press conference expected on Friday there. What will happen with COVID rules then for your constituents for Wales? What should happen? Well, I think um, my constituents, are, and, and they're also Mark's constituents because we share yeah. a constituency, have been very impressed by the leadership that he's given. And I'm sure that, um, you know, whatever decisions Mark and his cabinet takes will be, as I say, faithful to the facts rather than a hostage to the headlines, which seems to be the approach that's taken here. And there has been a very major announcement today in Wales from the Principality Stadium that the the concerts that were due to go ahead this weekend with the Stereophonics and Sir Tom Jones have now been postponed. So clearly there are very real concerns, uh, you know, at, at the news about the spread of the Omicron variant. The worry is that the number of boosters given across the UK this Saturday was uh, lower than the week before. How's the rollout going in, in Wales? Well, I've had my booster, I'm glad to say. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it's picked up considerably uh, in recent weeks as people have realised, you know, just how important it is to get the, the booster jab. And I'd certainly appeal to anyone from Wales or anywhere across the country, you know, who who, uh, who's, who, who should be getting the booster to go and get it done. Because although we don't know the full facts, we do know that having the um, the, uh, the vaccine does provide additional protection. Mm. Speaking of music, you mentioned the concerts at the weekend. You actually recently introduced um, a very highly anticipated private members bill to try to reform the way that musicians are paid uh, in terms mm. of streaming on apps like Spotify and Apple Music. You had big name artists backing you, but the bill didn't pass. Why not? Well, unfortunately, the government weren't ready at this stage to give it their support, and they do, you know, have the uh, control of the House of Commons because of their majority at the last general election. But in fairness, they didn't kill the bill entirely either. Um, it's it's now sort of parked in a multi-storey car park, which it probably won't be able to get out of. But they have committed to a number of measures 
that are leaning into what I'm trying to achieve in the bill. There's a whole program of work they're doing. They've agreed to report back on that by next September. And they have said, they acknowledge there's a problem about artist remuneration in music, particularly with these new streaming services like Spotify. And, uh, you know, that, that, that something has to be done to resolve this problem by the industry. And if they don't, the government will be prepared themselves to legislate. And I think that's a major step forward in my campaign. Oh, that sounds like there's some progress on that. Just to explain how how bad things are as far as you see them. How much do musicians get paid when when one of their tracks gets played on a service like Spotify or, or Apple Music? It, it's a tiny pittance if they get paid anything at all because of some historic contracts. You might have made a record, you know, 25 years ago, uh, which was in the era when they had to ship records around to shops and so on and CDs, etc. Um, but the same uh, contract applies in the era of streaming where there are no costs to the record labels. And yet, you know, the same contract is being used to apply in order to calculate payment. And some of those artists were deemed never to have earned enough to get paid anything at all. And it's an absolute outrage that that's happening. And what my bill would have done would have been guaranteed to artists under copyright law a similar right that they have when their music is played on the radio for an unwaverable payment each time their music's played. And I think most people instinctively feel that if you're playing someone's music, then that person ought to get something from that play. Uh, and that's why I think ultimately this reform will be embraced in some shape or form. Mm, OK, yeah. Um, so that on the music streaming story. Look, just want to go back, though, to the main point of the day um, and follow up with a couple of thoughts. Do you think that there should be a Met Police investigation into last year's Christmas party, if it was a Christmas party, if it did happen at number 10? And what might it mean for the by-election in North Shropshire next week, do you think? Well, I, I think that most people would expect that those who work at number 10 Downing Street should be treated the same as anybody else in relation to the law, particularly, perhaps even more harshly in a sense, since that, that those are people responsible for making the law and making the rules, then they should be the ones who really set the example by following the rules. And so uh, given that a number of people have been investigated and prosecuted for having illegal gatherings under those rules, then it should be no different for number 10. I think most people think that that's fair. And this idea that because it was a year ago that police shouldn't investigate crimes that happened in the past, well, I'm afraid the police, by their very nature, always investigate things that have happened in the past because they can't predict who's going to commit a crime. You know, we're not in minority report, Tom Cruise. So, of course, they have to investigate things uh, and they should treat them just the same as they treat anybody else. Uh, and in relation to the by-election, obviously it's a it, that's not a seat that, that Labour would expect to win in North Shropshire. But I would have thought that the, the voters of North Shropshire would want to take a very, very close look at whether they want to add to uh, Boris Johnson's majority, given the way the government's behaving. Do you think uh, members of staff at that party should resign their positions? Well, if if you know, uh, if it is the case that that they participated knowingly in something that was in breach of the rules, then of course. They should consider their positions. And just lastly then, on a thought around work from home, how much do you think that it will help in Wales if that is going to be the advice? We don't know how strongly the government may come out with this uh, new advice, if indeed it does come. It's at the moment only a newspaper report. How much might that help, do you think? It's obviously, you know, really important that we're all, um, you know, being careful. Uh, you know, I think we should adhere to the rules. I don't think people you know, should stay at home in lockdown unless that is absolutely necessary. Um, but where it, it is the case that you can work from home and have an ability to work from home, 
um, then you should. And if it is, if it becomes, you know, uh, a recommendation or a mandate because of the clear evidence to the contrary, then obviously we should follow uh, those those um, those rules. And just briefly, what about socialising? Do you think uh, people should avoid socialising or limit their socialising in the run up to Christmas? I think we all have to make a personal judgment on that. I, you know, I don't want to mandate how people, you know, um, meet with their friends and family over Christmas. On the other hand, all of us should be, you know, aware and cautious and keep a close eye mm-hmm. uh, on the evidence and think about how we do these things. I took a test myself this morning. I think we should try and get regularly tested if you can. Okay. Uh, and also to, you know, be careful about uh, if you are in a social situation, which is perhaps inevitable, to be realistic about this. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Well, let's take a look at what else is making news in the world of politics today. Germany is getting a new chancellor after 16 years under Angela Merkel. Social Democrat Olaf Scholz has been appointed, has been approved by Germany's parliament to lead Europe's largest economy. The 63-year-old Merkel's vice-chancellor for the past four years will govern in a three-way coalition with the Greens and the Free Democrats. And a leaked letter in the Guardian newspaper suggests that the Foreign Office may have tried to cover up the Prime Minister's involvement in airlifting more than 150 dogs and cats from Afghanistan. A letter from the Prime Minister's Parliamentary Private Secretary confirms a charity's staff and animals could be rescued from Kabul amid the Taliban takeover in August. Johnson had denied that he personally intervened in the matter. And with the government reported to be drawing up plans for working from home, some workers in London are already starting to take matters into their own hands as they look to reduce the risk of catching coronavirus ahead of the Christmas season. Firms including Invesco and PwC say they've already seen an increase in staff working from home. Well, joining us now to discuss uh, the politics of the day is our Bloomberg Opinion Editor, Therese Raphael. Therese, good to have you back on the programme. So we've been talking throughout the show about the FT report, fresh restrictions in England to curb the spread of Omicron, but also the Christmas party, alleged Christmas party at number 10 last year. Is this sort of an obvious distraction, trying to bring in Plan B restrictions to escape what have been terrible headlines? Well, it's sort of hard to avoid the impression that the government is really trying to move the story on and, and, you know, try to recover, um, you know, the front foot here and show that it's acting with seriousness, uh, in the face of the Omicron variant. I mean, you know, you could argue that, uh, that a, 
a plan B is probably warranted. I mean, Omicron is spreading quite rapidly. We still don't know uh, whether it, uh, you know, to the ex- that w- to what extent it evades vaccines. The news out of Pfizer was actually quite positive in that regard. While there is reduced neutralization, it's you know not as as um, as severe you know as, as as many thought it might be. Um, but you know, you could make the case that it's it's probably time for the government to at least signal some new restrictions. Now, I think what they're talking about is more work from home guidance, vaccine passports for large venues and that sort of thing. So, you know, we're not talking about the kinds of restrictions that were in place when the alleged Downing Street party took place last year. Um, But, you know, this just points to the problem for the government, because each time now that it asks people to do things differently or make sacrifices, the question arises, well, you know, is the, is it one rule for the government and another rule for, for everyone else? So it, you know, it, it just dents the credibility, um, you know, of Boris Johnson, whether or not he was at the party, because he's, you know, participated in the, the sort of denials that, uh, that any rules were broken. Mm, I feel like I've asked you this question so many times <laughs> over different scandals uh, over recent months, but how bad is this for, for Johnson and the government? Of course, we've got a by-election in a, a week's time, in eight days' time. Is it, is it serious? Yeah, look, I mean, I think for his, for his uh, you know, most ardent detractors who would love to see him toppled, you know, I think they'll be disappointed because I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see, you know, this be the thing that, you know, pushes Johnson out of office or anything like that. But there are short-term and long-term consequences here. In the short term, as we've just said, you know, it damages the government's credibility. It's a dent in trust. It makes policymaking harder. When you see the the anger from the backbenches, you have to say, you know, that 80-seat majority, and we've, you know, discussed this before, it doesn't feel like an 80-seat majority when you have some of these votes and it makes it easier um, for uh, for MPs uh, to resist the whip and to vote against the government. So those are all, you know, things that, that are complicated by this story. Longer term, I think the question is, how does it play in what we used to call the red wall, those areas of the country that were reliably labor voting until the 2019 election? Because you know, those were the parts of the country that responded with you know, outrage when Dominic Cummings made that famous trip to Barnard Castle in contravention of lockdown rules. You know, if there is uh, a building sense that the government is simply not serious, not trustworthy, um, you know, at some point that tips over. And I don't think we're there yet, but it's a slow, steady accretion of these kinds of things that will eventually, you know, reach a critical mass. And it's just hard to say when that happens. But as you say, there's an election next week in North Shropshire uh, on Patterson's old seat. So um, that will be one opportunity for voters to register discontent. Um, the government, the party, Conservative Party, comfortably won the Bexley and Sid Cup uh, by-election. But, mm. you know, these are all opportunities a turnout is, will, is probably going to be low again. And so I don't know that we can read too much into them. Yeah, absolutely. The weather also a big factor, mm. of course, in these December by-elections. Um, away from uh, the troubles for number 10, there is the Nationality and Borders Bill that was back in the Commons for two days of scrutiny this week. This is 
Also pretty important when it comes to Preeti Patel, the Home Secretary, number of key lines in this, criminalising the attempts by people without visas to come to the UK, the power to strip people of citizenship, and also the idea of sort of breaking up the business model behind illegal immigration. I mean, these are major changes if this bill is passed, and there's been quite a bit of controversy about it already. Yeah, it's an absolutely radical overhaul of uh, nationality law and especially uh, the rules impacting asylum seekers. And it has Mm. just been savaged by uh, human rights groups, charities, Parliament's own Human Rights Commission, the Law Society, um, you know, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. It goes on and on. And the government has um, snuck in. Last week it was 80 various um, amendments were brought in after committee stage, so after the stage when MPs do a line-by-line scrutiny of the bill. Then the government brought in further amendments, uh, most of them sort of tightening restrictions. More amendments have also been brought brought in since. Some of them are responding to these criticisms. But the bottom line is that, you know, this is intended to signal to the public uh, that this government is absolutely cracking down on illegal refugees, uh, uh, you know, illegal entry into the country. But at the same time, in doing so, it's denying asylum seekers, um, you know, very legitimate uh, pathways that are set in, you know, UN uh, UN treaties since the, you know, the 1951 Refugee Convention. So if you, you know, you are allowed to claim asylum if you reach uh, a territory, but the bill uh, criminalizes that. So um, I think there's going to be a pretty robust debate. The government, you know, the majority suggests that, it, 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 that, that this legislation will pass into law, but it's, it's something that has made a lot of people, and for very good reason, uncomfortable. Breaking the business model behind illegal immigration is is, is quite a bold claim, isn't it? Is is there any way that can be sustained? Well, it doesn't really do that, um, according to you know people who who are, are steeped in these things and watch it day by day. I mean, you know, one thing it has uh, is that it you know the trafficking and the smuggling and these are very these are two different things, but um, they they tend to just shift from one place. To another, and um, you, you know, there have been so many promises over the years to sort of, you know, uh, limit the number who come into the country, and and you know, you can do that to a point, but actually, you know, people, asylum seekers fleeing the most dreadful, you know, horrific um, conditions will come, and they come for two reasons mainly. Partly is language, and, and, and the other is family reunion. And these are incredibly powerful factors that draw people to Britain. In actual numbers, the UK takes actually very few. It has very few applicants uh, for asylum uh, in the country, certainly compared to France and other EU countries. So, the, you know, partly this is the government whipping up a crisis that really isn't here. Um, and, you know, many of these cases that the, that the, the Home Office has refused, they, they, they get overturned on appeal. Um, the Home Office had to pay quite a, a large number, um, uh, large figure in, in, uh, in um, compensation, compensation mm. to victims who have been refused refugee status. So, you know, the policy has been uh, it you know it's, it seems really more geared at the politics of uh, of the the 
voter base, really, um, than it does it kind of trying to solve the problem mm. of, um, you know, illegal asylum or provide a kind of humane and dignified way for people who, you know, rightly can claim asylum to do so. And I think those mm. interests have to be balanced, and, and this, yeah. this bill doesn't really do that. Okay, well, we'll continue to watch that bill and passage through Parliament. Um, Just a last thought, though, if you wouldn't mind. Britain's role in the Russia-Ukraine issue um, worries around the number of troops being massed by Russia, the call between Biden and Putin. But Biden also did speak to European allies. Where does Johnson fit into all of this? Well, I mean, obviously, this is this this is the U.S. that's going to have to lead um, an allied response, but the U.K.'s also important as a as a NATO ally, as the U.S.'s closest ally uh, in Europe, and they, there seems to be a coordinated uh, decision now to communicate to Russia that any incursion uh, into eastern Ukraine would be met by swift economic sanctions. Uh, also, a decision to bolster support for the NATO members um, uh, bordering Russia, um, talk of uh, improving Ukraine's defenses and that sort of thing. So I think Boris Johnson will, will, will be very closely allied with Biden on this, and it's in Britain's interest to do that and to show its uh, value as an ally here. Uh, but the leadership, you know, decision-making on this is going to be taken in Washington. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Success. It's discipline. It's teamwork. It's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing global wealth management and investment banking firms in the industry. Stiefel, it's where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.